And we're plugged in with Maura Collins. Hi, guys. Hey. Hi. I am joined today by Lauren and Brian. Hey, how you doing? doing? Thanks for having us here. Thanks for coming. The Mother and Son episode. So I I was looking at podcasts, and there were a few of them I saw out there that talked about addiction in the family. So it was a (laughs) no-brainer. Yeah, uh, it's definitely been uh, it's a family trait. It seems like, and uh, for us to uh, finally get on the other side of it, and then um, and then to watch her process too, it's uh, it's been amazing, you know, and uh, life changing for sure. I don't know that I would been been able to continue on without her being by my side, and and probably vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I knew when I was at that desperation, I was able to. Um, Brian was in four years before I decided to uh, come in. And uh, when I got to that desperation, it was nice to know I had somebody to call. You know, I miss my kids anyway, and to be able to reach out to him and my other son. And they came immediately and picked me up and uh, took me where I needed to be. And, uh, yeah, it was an emotional moment. You know, um, I come from a family of addicts. I lost my sister to addiction. And uh, and to see him be an example, you know, um, for me, because we did get, we, we did party together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and to see him get clean and grow, it gave me motivation. You know, it gave me inspiration. And if he can do it, then, you know, I can do it, too. Plus, I missed him. I missed him. We were like best friends even out there, you know. Um, yeah. You know, I think it's always important um, to be able to relate to somebody, especially when you're going through the struggles like that. And then, you know, she knew where I came from. And, that, that you know, that it kind of eliminates those excuses like, well, I can't do it, you know. Um, so, you know, for for me to be that beacon of hope in that situation was to me like meant the world you know um the day that i celebrated four years in recovery uh she was celebrating 30 days and to me that was more monumental than than my celebration was the fact that like she was here and now we could share this journey together and um it's been uh there is it's hard to place in the words how much value there is in being able to establish a real relationship with my mother you know all these years later because we were more like friends and running buddies you know most of my life up until coming into you know getting involved with recovery wow that's much like a spiritual awakening right so that moment where you both realized like we want to be clean but not only that we're both clean and we're both living the dream, right? Oh, absolutely. So <clears throat> who started um, down the road of, well, obviously Brian has more clean time, which it's just a day, but who, who was the one that first surrendered to the program? Uh, well, I mean, I got introduced to recovery um, in my teens through getting in, you know, getting in trouble with the law. Um, I got placed into a, a juvenile facility and, uh, obviously it didn't take, but 
um, you know, the problems were apparent for me. And, and for a long time, it was kind of shoved down my throat. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. Um, but uh, I, I reached a breaking point um, <clears throat> in the late 2000, uh, 2008. I, I, I hit a wall that I just didn't think that I could recover from. And I was ready to just throw in the towel completely. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I checked myself in. And, um, and I got a taste of, you know a life outside of, of drugs and and even though it was short-lived at that point um from that attempt on i was convinced that if i had, had any shot of turning things around that getting involved with a recovery in a 12 ba- 12 step based program or atmosphere was the only way for me to to make it to the other side so although i stumbled along the way for a couple more years i i continued to keep trying it and then at some point you know whatever light bulb quick clicked off it, it finally took and you know although i knew it wasn't wise for me to to reach out and say hey look this is what i'm doing this is what's working because i had to protect my own recovery um i felt obligated to share it with my mother um in hopes that maybe that same light bulb would click for her as well um yeah it actually did i remember when um I lived in the neighborhood uh, where I'd see him at every now and then while he was getting clean. And uh, I would come there when he would get, you know, um, a little time clean recognition, and I was just so proud of him. You know, I would I would stay clean for that hour, you know. And um, I think that's where, too, I started um, realizing he was doing it. Um I did stop in. I did come in once. Um, that was a breaking point for me um, as a mother. Um, me parting with my son was, it was like, what am I doing? I'm a mom. Um, but in my family, that's what they did. You know, we were allowed to do that at home. Um, my parents were alcoholics. Um, all my brothers and sisters are. Or my sister, she had passed away from addiction, uh, and um, I was able to. Uh, I just went blank. Sorry. Um, I thought that's what I was supposed to do. I thought I, he was safe with me. You know, that was my messed up thinking. You know, and um, one day I realized it, and uh, I had to leave him. We had been up all night. And uh, I remember that day, and it was heartbreaking. And uh, but I didn't stay. You know, um, I went back on the, the binge again. And um, but I respected his recovery. I was proud of him, and I knew I wasn't there yet. But he would keep in touch with me. You know, we'd check in every now and then, but we stayed away from each other. You know, most of it was by phone. Um, but when I did call him, he was right there when I was ready. And, uh, you know, I, I respect people that um, that don't know anybody when they make that first step. That takes a lot of courage. I feel I was blessed because um, my son was there. You know, I stuck with him like glue for the first two months. I'm like, oh, God, he didn't want his mother hanging around, you know. And uh, so I just did what was suggested, and um, and here I am. You know, um, we've been able to share some great moments together, 
I have eight beautiful grandchildren. Wow. And uh, I'm able to share in their life as well. That's amazing. I just feel from my experience that I don't get the joy you guys get because my family doesn't participate in my recovery. They've seen me celebrate a few times, but they weren't like present. I think they just came because they felt obligated. Mm -hmm. And when your family is educated in the disease of addiction, it goes a long way because um, they used to call like 12 step meetings, self help groups or whatever. So if you think about it, it's like a free form of therapy because you're working on yourself, the spiritual principles, and you're just working on living that best life possible each day just for today. So since you both have been clean, what is your relationship like now? What's it like? Um, well, I'm sure that I still, uh, you know, can be difficult to deal with. Um, probably always have been and always will be. Um, and, you know, uh, she mentioned she has eight grandchildren. Well, seven of them are, are from me. So, um, you know, it's a lot of work. Um, I'm a single dad. I've been um, I've been taking care of kids for a long time, you know, um, especially since I came into recovery and I started to really step up to the plate. Um, I had the opportunity to get custody of my kids and, um, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I had teenage daughters. I was like, mom, help. Um, I got, I got this four year old little boy who's a a total handful of mom help. You know, I have a three year old little girl. Like, um, so, um, I, I lean on her a lot more now, you know, I'm definitely pulling the mom card. You know, kind of like, uh, you know, hey, I got, I, I helped you get here. Now help me get here. But I love the honesty, Brian. It, it's so great. I, 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 I bring it on. Like I said, I don't, like I said, I don't know if I would be able to be where I'm at without her. You know, and I mm-hmm. feel like we have that connection, and and um, you know. I don't think either one of us uses that as a card against each other. Like, like, oh, I helped you get in recovery. Oh, you, I helped you. You know, it's it's just we have a we 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 still have a great friendship. Like we had, even though it was an unhealthy one we were using, we had a great. We I I always felt like, you know, the first time I ever used um, a substance, I came home and I told my mom because that was the kind of relationship I had with her. And I'm not sure at that point if that was like healthy in that manner, but it's just a dynamic like. I've always been able to talk to her about stuff when I'm having trouble with relationships or I'm struggling with, you know, things that she's just that safe place for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I hope that I am able to be that for her, even though I'm a pain in the ass. Like, you know, <laughs> uh, if she ever needed anything, I, I hope that I've conveyed that like I'm a hundred percent available and, and always will be, you know? Um, I did want to say, um, about our journey, into recovery together is you know one of the most difficult things for me was to keep a safe distance from her while I was in my process because as much as I wanted to help her and wanted to see her see it take hold and see her do well I had to protect myself and that's one of those things that I, I see a lot of people stumble with in recovery is in you know trying to get um trying to get better is I you know you get this feeling I, I had this feeling inside of me like I needed to save all the people that I cared about you know, um, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of times um, I can hurt myself more than I can help others if I'm so involved with trying to save them that I'm, it, I'm actually drowning myself in the process. And, mm-hmm. and that was something that I was very mindful of throughout this time and, and trying to, you know, show her what what was available, but not 
drag myself down trying to pick her up, you know. Um, and it's my mom, you know what I mean? Like, I wanted to call her, I wanted to see her every day, and I, I knew that I had to be safe about it, you know. Um, and I think that she understands that now, being on this side of it, that there's only so much, you know. You have to want to be able to, you know, you have to want to do this. And um, I was grateful to see that she finally wanted it. And the second that she made that call, like she said, um, me and my brother drove and picked her up and, and took her to treatment, and I made sure she had a place to go when she got out. And um, the rest is on her, you know. Um, so it's good. You planted a seed. I'd like to think so, yeah. And I love what you had to say about taking a step back from trying to save everyone because I've, I admire you for saying that because recently I've had to cut ties with some service, you know, mm-hmm. gaining the podcast. I don't have to be the queen of recovery, right? I don't have to, like, <laughs> be always the one that's trying to help everybody and... So after two years of doing that sort of stuff, which helped me after relapse, I've taken a step back, right? So my mom has never left my side. Um, She, you know, is my idol. I guess I look up to her. She survived breast cancer. She never, ever gave up on me no matter what. She was just grateful that she didn't have to worry about getting that phone call that I was gone in the middle of the night, you know, and... Every day, she's like my cheerleader, and she's in Boston, so I FaceTime her, and I call her, but moms are, it's the most important relationship you're going to have with someone other than your children. It's the, the constant, right? She's the, mo- she's the woman in your life that'll never leave your side. Right. You can't divorce her. Nope. No, absolutely Yeah, not. we've talked about the marriage <laughs> thing. We won't bring that up, but, um, you know... I just think there's so much to be said about you taking custody of all your kids without a manual, right? There's no parenting manual. <laughs> no, I wish there was. <laughs> no fear. Were you scared? Terrified. Terrified. Um, I got the call about my, I have three children that are, well, they're not children anymore. They're, uh, you know, they're, they're adults now, but I have two daughters that are uh, 19 and the other one's about to be 21. And then I have a son who's now 17. And uh, May 1st, 2017, I got a phone call from my daughter, who is now 19, Cameron. um, And she said, we can't do this anymore. It's not safe for us here. We need you to come get us. And I didn't even think, I didn't, there wasn't a blink of an eye. I got in my truck. I drove up to Spring Hill and uh, the, you know, the cops were there. And it was like a a really big, it was a pretty nasty ordeal. Um, And that was the first time where I really felt like, like recovery had given me a payoff that I knew I could never repay. Um, when the sheriff's department were there and I spoke with the, the officer and explained, you know, what my situation was and they told me what was going on and the officer shook my hand and said, congratulations, take your kids home with you. And I was like blown away mm-hmm. by that. And then like, you know, all that adrenaline and all those great happy feelings like dissipated real fast when I realized like I'm taking home <coughs> a, a teenage daughter and a teenage son. My, my older daughter was 18 and she was able to make a decision for herself and she decided to stay um, up there with a friend. Um, but I was like, what am I, I don't know what to do. You know, I don't know anything about teenage girls, especially boys are a little bit easier. We can play video games and whatever, you know, but, um, so yeah, started really banking on the mom card at that point. And, uh, and, 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 and fortunately I have formulated some really awesome relationships with people in recovery that also have been in this situation and I could lean on them for help too. You know, having a support group is 
uh, second to none, you know. And it's uh, like I said, like there's no, uh, this isn't on me, you know. I just followed followed some instructions and some suggestions and and raised the white flag when I needed to, you know. And and that ties into my next question, Lauren. How did the fellowship really play into? you knowing that you had a support system and you had help and you could call someone, even me, to pick, yes. you know, if needed. I mean, and I and I value you as well. I know I could call you and you would be right That's there right. for either of my children. But um, how did it feel when the fellowship was really helping? Um, amazing. Um, so many people um, that know my family love my children love my grandchildren and my children like they're their own and um and to see that happen with a lot of families um to watch our kids be able to grow up in a safe environment you know it's totally different for me but i love it you know um i have a good relationship with my grandchildren um Oh, God, that is just such a blessing. I'm trying not to cry because they're my world. You know, my family is my world. Um, You know, I have time to spend with them and to be there. Um, But the fellowship is, uh, oh, God, the kids love them. You know, I know they're safe with them. Um, We do that for each other. I know my grandson loves you and Michael, you you know, and uh, I don't even know how to put it in words, you know. And what's really good is the kids grew up, the grand, my grandkids came and, and saw what was going on and the progress and, and, uh, and how everything worked. And uh, all of them have had such a good life that the girls are so successful. Um, they have great worth ec- work ethics. Uh, the one still goes to college. She goes to college. Um, I am uh, doing a GED course with my grandson, um, which that's really cool. Um, and um, and he's smarter than I thought. He, you know, he didn't give himself credit, and uh, his grades are better than mine, actually. <laughs> <laughs> These kids are smart. He is very smart, you mm-hmm. know. And um, but to be there doing this is just crazy, you know. Um, and uh, to listen to him, I can't keep up with the aliases because in the program it's Ma, um, and I was a Lala for another general. You know, I've been able to um, be there for other people's children, trustworthy. You know, and um, and I do a lot of service with the elderly. Um, I just enjoy it. I think that was my calling at this point, you know. But but what brought me in originally was when I was the desperation. I miss my children. I miss my grandchildren. You know, when you're out there, when I was out there, I had no family. I felt alone. Um, and just one day it clicked. I'm like, you know, I knew who to call. Um, and since I've been in the program... Um, a family member, we almost lost them to this disease. And then I understood how Brian felt. So she was on the other foot. You know, I used to think they wouldn't care. It'd be better if I was gone. No, it, it hits hard. And um, I think he said that day, he goes, you understand now. You know, 
how how it feels and um but to see families come together you know and and be supportive we're all supportive of each other and each other's children it's amazing it it really is amazing um god i couldn't ask for anything better you know and for me to have the time and for us to have the relationship we have now i remember my year clean you know him and and my other son we all three used to hang out and it was my year and we were driving over the Howard Franklin to a meeting and we were singing um a don't song stop came on don't stop believing from journey. journey you know and to, for all three of us to be clean going to a meeting and that song to come on when we all used to be in the vehicle getting high you know uh, god it was just amazing what a feeling that was and um and to continue to do that um to be there at each other's celebrations or um yeah there's no feeling like it you know um my family my family and i um there are my brother is not an addict um i'm close with my stepmom now which i used to not I didn't like her at all when I was growing up. And, and she's really an awesome lady. I just went through a surgery, and she was there every day. And um, and we talked about that. They asked me questions. Um, I had a brother I didn't see for 31 years, and I was able to go up to Virginia, West Virginia and see him and get to know him. You know, I didn't know my older brother. And, and they ask questions, too. You know, they don't understand why we are the way we are. Hmm. But um, they're really proud of me, and we can actually be a family in that sense, too, you know, um, because some of my other family members are still in addiction out there. and um, But I still check in, make sure, kind of like he did with me, make sure they're still going, you know, Um and uh yeah uh, the family thing um that's a big thing for um us i believe is when you're in recovery and you see families get together um that uh you know they don't think stuff is possible and um nothing's impossible to do um in recovery especially when it comes to families you know but like he was saying i have to have boundaries um for my recovery also um i have to have boundaries with him and um when mom's tired mom you know because i had had some health issues and and i feel bad that i can't be there like i want to be um but i'm there when i can and if he really needs me like today (laughs) i get a phone call (laughs) yeah um but i love them you know, um, there was a time where my older granddaughters wouldn't speak to me when I first came in. Mm-hmm. And I did have to prove myself and stay clean for a year. And uh, the emotions at the celebration were amazing, were amazing. And now today they can come talk to me about things and that they can't talk to him about. You know, I had two boys, so to have granddaughters has been great. I had to learn too because I was a tomboy because of him and my other son. They were they were a lot to handle, and uh, but I wouldn't change anything. I'm, I'm easy going, huh? I'm easy going. No, he was not. 
<laughs> he was not easy going. He was pretty difficult. But so was I, you know. Um, I wasn't, I was a single mom at an early age, you know, and uh, I really didn't know what it was to be a mom. Um, I went through crazy relationships, you know, trying to find that love thing, you know, and now I've been single for seven years and it's been my recovery. That's what's important and to learn to love myself today and be able to love people in a real way. So, yeah. I have a question. Okay. So my biggest fear is, it's not really a fear, but I talk a lot about recovery with both my children. My older son lives with my parents. He's finishing high school up in Massachusetts, but Michael's with me down here. So he goes to a lot of meetings with me and we were talking, we were at the mall and parking lot and he says, mama, I may drink when I go to college. Is that gonna be okay? How do you feel? Like, how do you communicate with your the, the kids? How are you gonna feel if someday they come up to you and say, I have a drug problem and I know that it runs in the family, but I need you to be there. Like, how do, do you do you worry at all because of just the opioid issues out there and whatnot? How yeah. do you feel about yeah, that? Yeah, of, of course it's a concern, especially given the family history and stuff like that. Um, you know, when I look at my kids and how they are at the ages that they are, I think that they came from someone else because they're just like in that regard, they're so much more responsible and, mm -hmm. and better at decision-making than I ever was. Um, like, but my, you know, my daughters, both my daughters have, you know, drank and experimented with pot and stuff like that. And I, and I know my daughter's about to be 21 and I'm, I, you know, I'm not a fool to think that she doesn't drink on occasion or whatnot, but I guess the best thing, like the peace of mind that I have is that they have, you know, from, an early age seen me and been involved with my recovery you know they've been to you know the, the the meetings where i've celebrated they've you know they've spoke out about it they've been to you know um events that we have parties and stuff like that and they have those you know the same friends that i have um so they know where to go you know that again that's like she knew where to go because i was there you know i that that was the you know like i didn't know what i was doing when i came into recovery i didn't know um anything i was just so desperate like there's got to be something better than what i'm doing and, and i just took a chance um but because of that like there's been something that's built off of that which is a, a safe place for other people in my family to, to be aware of if and when that time comes you know i had no idea um about um anything i was actually calling when i when i ended up in a treatment center i actually called the cops on myself because I didn't know any other way to stop using drugs but to go to jail. So I called the cops on myself. I called 911. The, the officers came there, and I said, please take me to jail. And they said, well, we don't have a warrant for your arrest. I said, I, I asked them if I could steal something from the store so that they could actually take me. So I knew I, I, I didn't know another way to be safe from myself. And um, they... They asked me why I wanted to go to jail, and I was honest with them. And it was the first time in my life I actually admit, admitted what was really going on, which is I couldn't stop using. Um, and they took me to a place where I got introduced to, you know, the 12 step fellowships and, um, you know, the things that have branched off of that, you know, how many different great things have branched off of me making that one desperate decision and sticking to it is just, it's unbelievable. You know, um, what she was speaking about knowing about a family member like my brother three and a half years ago mm -hmm. um 
he was uh, an IV drug user and became septic and he was in the hospital bed and he requested me to be his surrogate and make decisions for him and you know because they said he wasn't going to make it and um you know not only did i have to take that uh heavy responsibility and burden on about being the person that makes the decisions what to do with my younger brother's body but i also had to be a backbone for her as well um because it's her son you know um it's made me a person stronger than I ever thought I would be possible, to, you know, like ever possible. Like the things that I've had, that I've gotten to do and the things that I've had to go through since being in recovery. It's not all, it hasn't been all just wonderful and, and la-di-da and all that stuff. There's been some difficult things that I've been faced with. And um, that's where my character, I believe, really gets shaped into what it is, is like, what do I do in these moments, you know? So if my daughter comes to me or my son comes to me and they're in that situation where they can't stop, like, I believe I'm prepared for whatever happens, you know? That's awesome. So the hope shot I'm hearing that you guys are giving me a vibe on is that families do recover. They do. And to not have a fear of just awareness and support and love. And, And you guys have some sort of bond that other people that watch this podcast can definitely feel confident that maybe it's time to get some help. And I just wanted to thank you both for coming on the show today because it's really important for people to be aware um, that addiction is in families, but families recover. And you guys are both so amazing parts of my life. And I just want to thank you so much for (laughs) coming on the show. You're a big part of my life. Thank you. And this is amazing to me. Thank you so much. Thank you.